Good morning. Well, I can see uh, somebody left their Bible up here in case I get in trouble. I can always just read that to you and we'll be good to go. It's, um, it's such an honor and a privilege uh, for me to stand here before you this morning. Um, uh, just amazing, you know, how, how this was all orchestrated. Uh, but, first of all, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Thomas and Pastor Nathan. You know, we talk about Thanksgiving and all the things that we have to be thankful for. Uh, we need to be thankful for them. Because after this experience, I realize what they go through week in and week out. It's not as easy as they make it look. Uh, but we are so blessed to have them here uh, teaching us week in and week out. Uh, but we also, you know, we had family around. We had great food, some football, maybe, maybe not, depending on who you're rooting for. Uh, but just, just a great time of Thanksgiving. Um, and even though, like Pastor Thomas was saying, sometimes there's not always everything in our life to be thankful for. What I was reminded, again, we always have one thing that we can be thankful for. Jesus is Lord. Amen? So today, um, I just want us to pause for a few minutes uh, to reflect, evaluate our lives, assess our lives through the lens of the book of Jeremiah, amazing prophet. Um, as part of that, we're going to consider, are we walking in the calling that God has for us? If not, what should we do? God has a plan for each one of us, every person in here this morning, no exceptions. We, in fact, have a priority from God to know that calling. It's interesting, uh, Jeremiah's been on my mind um, for the past probably six months, and I have a routine. In the evening, I always like to read Scripture, and I go back and forth from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, it's, it's really an incredible thing, and I think um, my slide up there about people sleeping went by already, but <laughs> so none of that. So anyways, I'm going back and forth, and the Lord says, all right, read Isaiah, long book, right? 66 chapters, same as the number of books in the Bible. So I forged through Isaiah, and I remember all the wonderful uh, verses in there, mount up on uh, wings like eagles, um, also pointed out that we have a tendency to call good evil and evil good in our day today. So I get done with that, and I'm like, all right, Lord, made it through onto the New Testament, and he says, no. Clearly, he says, what's next? So I look, and uh, no, it's Jeremiah. I'm like, oh, here we go. Another long book in the Old Testament. But I clearly knew I was supposed to read that book. And boy, am I glad, because it made me rethink so many things in my life, so many things that I want all of you uh, to think about here this morning. Based on Jeremiah's life, um, I came up kind of with three life lessons that we're going to talk about, the three don'ts. To start with, though, think about this verse, Jeremiah 1, 4-8. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God's word, his call on us, our response sometimes Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young or old or just don't have the courage or whatever it might be for you. 
You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, you, declares the Lord. And I believe with all my heart this is timeless, and this is why God took me here. He knew me. He knew you before we were in our mother's womb. And he has a call for each one of us, just like he did Jeremiah. And it's so important for us to seek him and know what that is. He has given you something to say. And right now, before I say anything else, I want to pray. Oh, dear Lord, my prayer is simple this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you come and fill this place. I pray that you touch every heart here. I pray that you create a passion in all of us like never before. And I pray that these are your words and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first of the don'ts, don't forget. Right, the future moves so quickly into the present that we have to be intentional about looking into the past. Do we take time to do that? We're so distracted in our lives today, we can hardly keep up with what's going on, let alone think back. So I want us, um, I want us to do a little memory exercise. Uh, think back over the year. I cannot believe end of November, the year flew by. Were you uh, camping, vacationing, boating, uh, what, what did summer have for you? Uh, what lessons did you learn through the summer? You know, we need to be intentional about not just thinking back on what we did, but what lessons did we learn? So, so many times as, as I look back, um, I look at myself and I get so distracted. Uh, my, my hobby kind of is Google, right? I'll be studying a word or something in Scripture and before I know it, I don't even remember what I was searching for initially. I'm so, I get so distracted. It's like, what was I even looking for? What am I doing? And I think sometimes my prayer life can be that way. My worship life can be that way. I mean, do you guys ever think about what you're having for lunch while we're worshiping? <laughs> it's easy to happen, right? Um, so, so many times I think that um, we look like these guys on, on the next slide here. <laughs> Right, We have something so important, like our calling, in front of us, but we're too busy playing with the bubble wrap uh, to pay attention to what God's telling us, what he's speaking to us. And so I want us to reflect this morning by not forgetting some things that he's already done for us in order to, to not be that way. And I mean, there's so many things that can be bubble wrap, right? My Google, maybe your Facebook, television, smartphones. It's incredible. We walk around, everybody's heads down, everybody's on their phone. You know, let's walk around with our heads up, asking God to show us where he's directing us. So next, let's see another memory exercise. Do you guys remember where uh, Pastor Thomas and Pastor Nathan have taken us through this year? All the different messages that we've gone through. Incredible, right? Do you remember them? Did you take them to heart? Are you putting them into practice? Well, let's see if you can remember just a little bit first. First one, limitless. Do you remember that? Fruit of the Spirit, have you experienced that? By the book, um, otherwise known as sex, stuff, success, all the idols that are possibly in our life, have you figured those out? Have you asked God to remove those? 
How about up? One of my favorites. Are you going up daily into the presence of the Most High God who welcomes you to, to go to Him? Afterlife, right? We learned all about what heaven is like or not if we know people who aren't going to be there. Simply seven, everything you need to know for faith and life. Remember that? James, remember that? Faith without works is dead. We just finished that up. But simply seven, we talked a lot about calling, and I'm going to refresh our memory real quickly here. Calling is stepping into that which God has invited you into. Think about that. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who cleansed us through the blood of Jesus, that very same God is calling you, yes, you, and he's calling you into something bigger than yourself. But instead of stepping into that calling, we tend to take a step back. We tend to believe that we don't have a calling, that we have missed out on our calling, or that we're too old, too young to be called. And I hope to convince you this morning that that is just simply not the case. So through all of these, I ask you to remember, he knew you before you were born. We just read that, and he called you. But also, if you weren't here for all those messages, just think right now, what has Jesus spoken to you over the course of this year? Remember that. What has he taught you specifically? What wisdom have you walked away from in your life this year? For me, as I think about how the Lord has challenged me uh, through these messages, uh, it takes me back to where he's brought me from. He knows me. He always had a plan and a call on my life, even when I didn't know it. And it's incredible. Um, some of you know my story, some of you don't. But I remember I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I had awesome parents. They introduced me to the Lord at an early age. Like a lot of kids, I didn't necessarily take that to heart. I remember as a young boy, I lost vision in my left eye in a golfing accident. <clears throat> it changed my life. Made me lack self-confidence, uh, couldn't play sports with my friends, kind of changed my childhood in a, in a major way. But I remember as I got to high school, uh, I tried to be like the coolest guys I knew, and I didn't care what group they were in. I hung out with bookworms, I hung out with the jocks, I hung out with the partiers. And wherever I was, whoever I was with, I tried to be like the coolest guy I saw in that group because I didn't know who I was. I was confused. I was just looking for something to be like, someone to put first in my life. But I remember as I got to high school, amazing. I had an experience with the Holy Spirit, right? I felt the presence of Jesus in my life like never before. What an experience but you know what? I set that aside because I was just looking for experiences. So I didn't follow him then. I didn't surrender to him then, but I did know he was real then. I remember when I uh, went to college, you know, I was a good student. I graduated. I got my first job uh, in sales, IT sales. Uh, shortly thereafter, I married my wonderful wife, Brenda. And not too long after that, we had two children, Brittany and Luke. And, uh, you know, I was along the path of trying to, to build my little empire, be successful, do all the things that I learned were the right things to be doing. But I remember struggling with intense anxiety 
so hard to deal with. Every night, every morning, every afternoon, anxiety. So I used alcohol to control that. I had partied all along, and everything that I ever did, I tried to do it over the top. I tried to work out harder than anybody else. I tried harder in the sports I could do more than anybody else. Everything I did, I tried to do over the top, including partying, unfortunately. So at some point through this time, I remember alcohol took control of my life, not the Lord, alcohol. Very difficult time in my life. I remember I had to go through intense rehab, but I also remember God preserved my life. He preserved my family. He preserved my job. Even when I didn't want to live, he was there. And I remembered him amazingly. I remember at my very worst point in my life, I wanted to die. I wanted to give up. I didn't want to go on. But I heard his voice. He never left me. He was there with me. And I remember he used my wife, Brenda, in an amazing way to bring me back to health, to bring me back to the Lord. Without her, I wouldn't be standing here before you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lots of memories. Um, you know, God is so good, though. I remember I'm in court for my DUI all by myself in the Taj Mahal in Jefferson County, if you guys know the big gold, gold dome building. And I'm up on the, I think it was the second floor where they do all those kind of cases. And uh, I was not in the early court. The early court was in session. And there literally was not a single person in that hallway anywhere on that floor. They were all in court. And I can remember, I'm standing looking out the window, and I remember saying, God, I need you so much. I need you to be with me now because I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know you're real and I need you now. And I turn around, out of nowhere, a woman walks up to me. She says, God has heard your cry, and he is with you, and walked off. What a great God we have, amen? So, you know, I stand before you here today. I'm sharing memories about where we've been this year, where I've been in my life. But why do I share this with you? Because God is real. He loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And I just want to remind us of that by not forgetting. And I don't want you to leave your calling in the closet like I did for so many years. I want you to know it and to walk boldly in it. To hear from him day in and day out. That's his purpose for us. Not living focused on what the world tells us is worthwhile but truly storing up our treasures in heaven. I don't want you to miss out on a miracle of having a personal relationship with our Father. He's the perfect dad, no matter what kind of dad you've ever had. Jesus, our perfect teacher, and oh, by the way, our Savior, the Holy Spirit, our helper, and our comforter. You talk about a perfect God, the one true God has it all covered. Not head knowledge, heart knowledge. That's what we're going to work on today. He always had a call on my life. He always had a plan for me. He knew me before I was in my mother's womb. If I would just turn the keys of my life over to him. The peace of his presence 
when I did that, and the desire to serve him when I did that is the best thing that's ever happened, and I never want that to change. That's all I want to do is tell people my story, his story, that they can have a saving faith because he changed me. And I just remind you, our God's a God of forgiveness, of second chances. If he can forgive me, if he can use me, if he can change me, if he can call me from my path, he can certainly call you, use you change you. So don't forget all he's spoken to you over this past year, all he's taught you, but don't forget your unique story because each one of you have one, and it's just ready to be shared to change somebody's life. Now, let's, uh, let's go back to Jeremiah a little bit. The second don't, don't blend in. And boy, oh boy, Jeremiah didn't blend in, but what he did do is he reminds us of how important being set apart and leading holy lives is. Nothing was more important to the Lord then, and he doesn't change just because our culture and our world changes. Being set apart and living holy lives is just as important today as it was in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah 2, 5 to 6. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me, that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. It's difficult to imagine what it must have been like to be Jeremiah, constantly carrying those messages to Judah over and over. They hated him. They despised him. But he knew his calling. He not only didn't blend in, He barged in with the Word of God time and time and time again. And oh, he wasn't happy about it. His name was the Weeping Prophet. And oh, by the way, he lived in a really, really difficult time. He was prophet over five kings, only one of whom was good. The last five kings that would be kings over Israel. Because after that, they were in captivity. And in his life... He struggled with Assyrian captivity and Babylonian captivity. And oh, by the way, his birthday, really hard word, Tishav B'Av, which is the fifth month of the Hebrew calendar, Av, which is like the June-July time frame, just happens to be a day of mourning for all the Jewish people. Both temples were destroyed on that day and a whole bunch of other stuff, but You know, if your birthday isn't on a day of tragedy, we're starting out ahead of Jeremiah. And even if it is, we can look to Jeremiah because he lived through it and walked through that. He was one of three major prophets, um, Isaiah and Ezekiel being the other two. But the thing that he brings in, in time and time again in the verses and his heart that he shares, he was so frustrated that the people of that day would use the temple as a good luck charm. They would go in and make a sacrifice and think everything would be just fine, but they did not have a heart for the Lord, nor were they doing it for the right reason. And that's what we need to remind ourselves of today. You know, not to blend in. We got to be doing it for the right reason. So then they'd say, hey, let's go sacrifice something. Everything will be okay. Now, God's full of grace 
they're all sinners. Why do I need to try? He's just going to forgive me anyways, right? Not right. But what a life. What a life he had. So easy for him to have given up. Sometimes it's easy for us to feel like we should give up. In Jeremiah 7.23, God comes and he says, But I gave them this command. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you that it may go well with you. How hard is that? (laughs) Well, sometimes it's really hard, right? But... There's no middle ground to obedience. We can't kind of obey. Are we lukewarm? Spit out of the Lord's mouth, he reminds us in Revelation. I pray not. But reading Jeremiah, it didn't take me long to see how serious God is about us not blending in. It's so easy in this world to become desensitized. In this culture, in the news, everything that we hear all the tragedies, everything that's going on, we finally just get numb. And we say, I can't change anything. What's the point? What's the use? It opens the door for Satan when we have no passion in these areas for him to bring further lies into our lives. We have to not become desensitized. It's so easy um, for us to do that, to say, this is a different time. It's just a small thing. Who really cares? Why bother? Hey, it's okay for them. Who am I to judge? I just, uh, I'm telling you in my heart, those are all cop-outs. The message of holiness didn't sit well with Judah. It doesn't necessarily sit well with us. What do we brush off? The sanctity of marriage, lust, abortion, gossip. We have to remind ourselves, looking at Jeremiah, that we are called not to blend in. And that's being set apart because God empowers us to do that. As we evaluate our lives, I want us to remember that even though God's words in Jeremiah are mostly judgment, Right, very judgmental over and over and over again. Poor Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. But God says 18 times through Scripture this very important message. Five of them are in uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 7.23, But I gave them this command, Obey me and I will be your God. You will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. The rest of them are up there. But in general, each one says, 11.4, and you will be my people, I will be your God. 24.7, they will be my people and I will be their God. 30.22, so you'll be my people and I will be your God. 31.33, this is the new covenant. I will make with the people of Israel after that time, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I think God's serious about that, right? He wants to be our God. He wants us to be his people. Over and over and over again, we hear that. He's just waiting with open arms no matter where we've been, no matter what your story is like my story. He's ready for us to come to him and just obey, and he will be our God. God tells us we must submit, obey. What's the reward? I think we all know. 
Man, that perfect peace that comes from Him. So ask Him what submission looks like in your life. Do you think uh, if we have idols first, like Judah, that might interfere? I do. In fact, Jeremiah states that when we put something else first ahead of God, money, career, pride, ego, whatever it is, sex, stuff, success, remember, we are committing adultery with the Lord. Jeremiah 3.9 says, Because of Israel's immorality mattered so little to her, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stone and wood. Stone, referring to the false altars that they built, wood, all the false carvings, the Asherah poles, all of those idols that they worshipped. What are those in our lives? Have you taken time to know, to really know the purpose for which you're on this earth, the calling that God has for you uniquely? I know the one who can reveal it to you today, right now, right here. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's called you. Our goal today is to not leave here without knowing that. Okay, so we're set apart, right? Not so easy, but we are. What do we do next with set apartness? The third and maybe the most important don't that I came up with is don't keep it in. Don't keep it in. What does that mean? That's our story. Right, All the beautiful training and teaching we've had through this whole year, things the Lord has spoken specifically to you, working on knowing what your calling is. Whatever that is, though, a unique calling, we have a corporate calling in this body as members of Jesus, and that's to be his witness everywhere we go. Both individually, very important, but corporately. Jeremiah 1.17 says, Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Matthew 10.27, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. So calling, right? We all have all different kinds of smartphones. I don't know how in the world so many solicitors get my cell phone number. Drives me crazy. I feel like saying, hey, um, could I get your home number? Because I'm going to call you back at dinner time, and then we can chat. How would that be? Maybe not so much, but it sure would be fun to try. So how many calls do you get in a day? The thing that's amazing as you think about this, especially when we went up and learned about what it's like to be in God's presence. When we get a call from someone we don't know, we say, you know, hello, this is so-and-so. But if your spouse calls your best friend, you don't answer that way. You say, hi, honey, what do you need? So when God calls, is that how we answer? Are we so familiar with his voice we know it's him? You know, it's easy um, to say that. <laughs> it's hard to do it sometimes. Um, the, the next slide there. Another one of my favorite cartoons, right? <laughs> We try so hard, we think we're hearing perfectly, uh, but we don't necessarily hear uh, condiments, not commandments. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you practice, if you keep going before him, you will be able to, to discern his voice from every other voice around you, all the noise around you. 
And that's what we need to do to know our calling. I know God's words in Jeremiah are not just for him. That's why I believe he led me to share this with you this morning, but for us right now. We know it's him calling from practice. We know what he said from perceiving. We know what to do from our position as called, saved, covered by the blood Christians of the one true God, Jesus our Savior. Jeremiah 1.9, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put words in your mouth. And he's putting words in our mouth. How do we figure it out? If you could hang out with the master planner, ask him about your calling, do it enough times to know his voice, would that be a good start? I think so. But the cool thing is, we have our Father's promises to hold on to, even when it feels like we're not making any headway, when we're hearing nothing. Jeremiah 29.11, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He promises to reveal himself to us. And it's going to be a great experience. But we have a task, but he answers that too. Jeremiah 29, 13, right behind 29, 11. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So like Jeremiah, what are the words he's put in our mouths? I say the words of a witness for all he's done for us. Your story. But we still have help right today. We are so blessed. Unlike Jeremiah, the Holy Spirit has come. He lives and dwells in each one of us. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have power and authority, but we must know our calling. And I just challenge you this morning, are we living as Christian con men, faking it? Or Christian called men doing it? Do you just show up here Sunday after Sunday because it makes you feel good? Because everybody around you believes the same way? Or do you show up here because we have such awesome teaching and you walk out of here thinking, man, I know so much, this is really great. I have all this wisdom. I'm so proud of myself. When we continually get filled up, if we don't share what we've been receiving, just like any kind of a bottle or anything, you can only fill it up so much. You have to make room for more, for what God's calling you to. If you don't share what you've received, could you become plugged up, stuck up, even shut up? It happened to me. It can happen to all of us. We have to be intentional about not let, letting that happen. And again, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 13, go read the story for yourself. It's incredible. It's the loincloth. Right? God tells Jeremiah, go get a loincloth, put it on, wear it, do not take it off. Not the most pleasant of thoughts. But he wears this forever and ever and ever, it seems like, I'm sure, to him. Then God says, I want you to take it about 400 miles away, and I want you to bury it. 
Now come, come back. Months later, he says, okay, go back and dig it up. And he found a rotted, withered away loincloth. And as I'm thinking about calling, I'm thinking, man, Lord, your word is alive. The loincloth could be our calling. The most intimate of garments God gives us to put on, a loincloth. But he wants us to clean it, to set it apart, to always put it first. Not to run in fear from it, not to go bury it, but to wear it and keep it intact and keep it clean. What a great example in Jeremiah of our calling. Let's not put our calling on the shelf. Leave it unused. Let's wear it like the most intimate of garments that God has given it to us, the loincloth. The good news, he has a plan and a calling and a promise. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So, we know God calls each one of us wondrously, uniquely, with a plan that He only assigns to each one of us individually, the way you were made in His image. If you don't know that plan, why not? No one can find it out for you. You have to do that. Are you just leaving it sit on the shelf? Let's pick it up. Let's embrace it. Let's submit to it. Let's serve the king with everything we have. What do you have to lose? Only missing out on all the cool plans he has for you that he's going to prosper you in and a peace that you can't imagine. You're called. It's irrevocable. God wants to be our father. Bless us beyond belief if we answer his call. We must be his witness. We must live on the other side of the cross. So many times we get stuck at the foot of the cross. Great place to start. But we forget the other side of the cross is the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, that was sent to us when he went away to the Father, the Holy Spirit. That we live today with that power and authority. So let's get to the other side of the cross and let's know our calling and use it boldly. We must be his witness. For every circumstance, every opportunity he puts in our path, I beg you this morning, I beg you, take this more serious than you ever have. Right? We don't know how much time we have, but I'm, I'm thinking it's short to be his witness, to speak the name of Jesus everywhere you go. Let's be passionate again. Don't keep it in. Just get the conversation started. Ask questions of your neighbor. Use your testimony and know the truth, the mighty word of God. No matter what your age, what you've done, what you've not done to this point, youth, seniors, he has a call for our life. And I'm asking you today when that phone rings, what are you going to say? I don't know who this is. I'm too busy. Or yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. What a great thing to say. So this morning, just remember, our Lord loves us no matter what. No matter what. No matter where we are in our faith walk.
The truth is made clear, though. There's no place for being lukewarm. We looked at his word, right, through Jeremiah, which clearly shows that his greatest desire is to have relationship with each one of us and that he has called us. But he also walks alongside us to guide us and empower us. So set an appointment every day with him. Just go before him, ask. All we got to do is ask. That's what he says, knock and it'll be opened. Let him love on you, share his goodness with you, reveal his calling for you. And in doing that, don't forget the power of your testimony. Don't blend in the call to holiness that we see so clearly in Jeremiah. And don't keep it in. Tell everybody you know about the love of your Savior and mine. I know the Holy Spirit's now, here now. I know He wants to do whatever you want in your life, whatever you need in your life. And I just ask you this morning to be bold. If you don't know your calling for sure and want to know it, raise your hand. If you know your calling and want confirmation, raise your hand. Praise Jesus. And the most important thing, if you don't even know Jesus and want to know him, raise your hand. And this morning we have an opportunity to go before the Lord right now. He's here. He's all ears. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now that you would just sweep across this place, that you would touch hearts, that you would bring clarity to calling. And I pray that you remind us, every one of us, we're not in this alone, that we've been adopted to a new family. We are a child of God. We are born again by the Word of God. We are kept by the power of God. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. We are seated in heavenly places, put all things under our feet given you authority over the power of the enemy more than a conqueror. You always triumph in him. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And Lord, right now, show us our calling. Each one uniquely. Don't let anybody leave here without knowing what that is, without receiving confirmation on what that is in their life. And Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray you tug on their heart right now. And Holy Spirit, come on them like never before. We thank you for being our Lord and Savior. We're thankful for all the blessings that you give us. But we are thankful that Jesus is Lord. In his name we pray, amen.